Chapter Twenty Nine of the Fortunes of Glencore. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. The Fortunes of Glencore by Charles James Lever. Chapter Twenty Nine A Council of State. It was a fine, mellow evening of the late autumn as two men sat in a large and handsomely furnished chamber opening upon a vast garden. There was something in the dim half-light, the heavily perfumed air, rich with the odour of the orange and the lime, and the stillness that imparted a sense of solemnity to the scene, where, indeed, few words were interchanged, and each seemed to ponder long after every syllable of the other. We have no mysteries with our reader, and we hasten to say that one of these personages was the Chevalier Stubber, confidential minister of the Duke of Massa. The other was our old acquaintance, Billy Trainer. If there was some faint resemblance in the fortunes of these two men, who, sprung from the humblest walks of life, had elevated themselves by their talents to a more exalted station, there all likeness between them ended each represented in some of the very strongest characteristics a nationality totally unlike that of the other the saxon blunt imperious and decided the celt subtle quick-sighted and suspicious distrustful of all save his own skill in a moment of difficulty but you have not told me his real name yet said the chevalier as he slowly smoked his cigar and spoke with a half listlessness of a careless inquirer "'I know that, sir,' said Billy, cautiously. "'I don't see any need of it.' "'Nor your own either,' remarked the other. "'Nor even that, sir,' responded Billy, calmly. "'It comes to this, then, my good friend,' rejoined Stubber, "'that, having got yourself into trouble, "'and having discovered by the aid of a countryman "'that a little frankness would serve you greatly, "'you prefer to preserve a mystery "'that I could easily penetrate if I cared for it, to speaking openly and freely as a man might with one of his own we have no mysteries sir we have family secrets that don't regard any one but ourselves my young ward or pupil whichever i ought to call him has may be his own reasons for leading a life of unobtrusive obscurity and what one may term an umbrageous existence it's enough for me to know that to respect it come come all this is very well if you were at liberty or if you stood on the soil of your own country but remember where you are now and what accusations are hanging over you i have here beside me very grave charges indeed constant and familiar intercourse with leaders of the carbonari we don't know one of them broke in billy correspondence with others beyond the frontier continued the chevalier nor that either interrupted billy Treasonable placards found by the police in the very hands of the accused, insolent conduct to the authorities when arrested, attempted escape, all these duly certified on oath. Devil may care for that. Oaths are as plenty with these blackguards as clasp-knives, and for the same purpose, too. Here's what it is now, said he, crossing his arms on the table, and staring steadfastly at the other. We came here to study and work, to perfect ourselves in the art of modelling, with good studies around us. 
and, more than all, a quiet, secluded little spot, with nothing to distract our attention, or take us out of a mind for daily labour. That we made a mistake is clear enough. Like everywhere else in this fine country, there's nothing but tyrants on one side and assassins on the other, and meek and humble as we lived, we couldn't escape the thieving blackguards of spies. "'Do you know the handwriting of this address?' said the chevalier, showing a sealed letter directed to Sebastiano Greppi, Sculptore Carrara. "'Maybe I do, maybe I don't,' was the gruff reply. "'Won't you let me finish what I was saying?' "'This letter was found in the possession of the young prisoner, and is of some consequence,' continued the other, totally inattentive to the question. "'I suppose a letter is always of consequence to him it's meant for,' was the half-sulky reply. "'Sure you're not going to break the seal. Sure you don't mean to read it,' exclaimed he, almost springing from his seat as he spoke. "'I don't think I'd ask your permission for anything I think fit to do, my worthy fellow,' said the other sternly and then passing across the room he summoned a gendarme who waited at the door to enter take this man back to the forteza said he calmly and while billy trainer slowly followed the guard the other seated himself leisurely at the table lighted his candles and perused the letter whether disappointed by the contents or puzzled by the meaning he sat long pondering with the document before him it was late in the night when a messenger came to say that his highness desired to see him, and Stubber arose at once and hastened to the duke's chamber. In a room studiously plain and simple in all its furniture, and on a low uncurtained bed, lay the prince, half-dressed, a variety of books and papers littering the table, and even the floor at his side. Maps, prints, coloured drawings, some representing views of Swiss scenery, others being portraits of opera celebrities, were mingled with illuminated missiles and richly embossed rosaries, while police reports, petitions, rose-coloured billets, and bonbons made up a mass of confusion wonderfully typical of the illustrious individual himself. Stubber had scarcely crossed the threshold of the room when he appeared to appreciate the exact frame of his master's mind. It was the very essence of his tact to catch in a moment the ruling impulse which swayed for a time that strange and vacillating nature, but he had but to glance at him to divine what was passing within, and he had but to glance at him to divine what was passing within. So then, broke out the prince, here we are actually in the very midst of revolution. Marocci has been stabbed in the piazza of Carrara. Is it a thing to laugh at, sir? The wound has only been fatal to the breast of his surtout, your highness, and so adroitly given besides that it does not correspond with the incision in his waistcoat. You distrust everyone and everything, Stubber, and of course you attribute all that is going forward to the police. Of course I do, your highness. They predict events with too much accuracy not to have a hand in their fulfilment. I knew three weeks ago, when this outbreak was to occur, who was to be assassinated, since that is the phrase for Moroche's mock wound, who was to be arrested, and the exact nature of the demand the council would make of your royal highness to suppress the troubles. And what was that? asked the duke, grasping a paper in his hand as he spoke. An Austrian invasion, with a half-battery of field artillery, a judge-advocate to try the prisoners, and a provost-marshal to shoot them. 
and you'd have me believe that all these disturbances are deliberate plots of a party who desire Austrian influence in the duchy, cried the duke eagerly. There may be really something in what you suspect. Here's a letter I have just received from La Sublikoff. She's always keen-sighted, and she thinks that the court at Vienna is playing out here the game that they have not the courage to attempt in Lombardy. What if this Warnsdorf was a secret agent in the scheme, eh, Stubber? Stubber started with well-affected astonishment, and appeared as if astounded at the keen acuteness of the Duke's suggestion. Eh? cried His Highness in evident delight. That never occurred to you, Stubber. I'd wager there's not a man in the duchy could have hit that plot but myself. Stubber nodded sententiously, without a word. I never liked that fellow, resumed the Duke. I always had my suspicion about that half-reckless, wasteful manner he had. I know that I was alone in this opinion, eh, Stubber? It never struck you? Never, your highness, never, replied Stubber, frankly. I can't show you the Sablukov's letter, Stubber. There are certain private details for my own eye alone. But she speaks of a young sculptor at Carrara, a certain... Let me find his name. Ah, here it is. Sebastian Greppi a young artist of promise, for whom she bespeaks our protection. Can you make him out and let us see him? Stubber bowed in silence. I will give him an order for something. There's a pedestal in the flower garden where the psyche stood. You remember I smashed the psyche because it reminded me of Camilla Monti. He shall design a figure for that place. I'd like a youthful Bacchus. I have a clever sketch of one somewhere, and it shall be tinted, slightly tinted. The Greeks always coloured their statues. Strange enough, too, for, do you remark, Stubber, they never represented the iris of the eye, which the Romans invariably did. And yet, if you observe closely, you'll see that the eyelid implies the direction of the eye more accurately than in the Roman heads. I'm certain you never detected what I'm speaking of, eh, Stubber? Stubber candidly confessed that he had not, and listened patiently while his master descanted critically on the different styles of art, and his own especial tact and skill in discriminating between them. "'You'll look after these police returns, then, Stubber,' said he at last. "'You'll let these people understand that we can suffice for the administration of our own duchy. We neither want advice from Metternich nor battalions from Modetsky. The laws here are open to every man, and if we have any claim to the gratitude of our people, it rests on our character for justice.' while he spoke with a degree of earnestness that indicated sincerity, there was something in the expression of his eye, a half-malicious drollery in its twinkle, that made it exceedingly difficult to say whether his words were uttered in honesty of purpose or in mere mockery and derision. Whether Stubber rightly understood their import is more than we are able to say, but it is very probable that he was, with all his shrewdness, mystified by one whose nature was a puzzle to himself. Let Marucci return to Carrara. Say we have taken the matter into our own hands. Change the brigadier in command of the gendarme there. Tell the canonico Baldetti that we look to him and his deacons for true reports of any movement that is plotting in the town. I take no steps with regard to Warnstorff for the present, but let him be closely watched. And then, Stubber, send off an estafetta to Pietra Santa for the orphans, for I think we have earned our breakfast by all this attention to state affairs. And then, with a laugh, whose accents gave not the faintest clue to its meaning, he lay back on his pillow again. 
"'And these two prisoners, your highness, what is to be done with them?' "'Whatever you please, Stubber. "'Give them the third-class cross of Massa, or a month's imprisonment, at your own good pleasure. "'Only no more business, no papers to sign, no schemes to unravel. "'And so good-night.' and the chevalier retired at once from a presence which he well knew resented no injury so unmercifully as any invasion of his personal comfort. End of chapter 29